In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 239th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to wrap up yesterday's 31-27 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. The uh, Falcons dropped to 4-11 and on the season at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Bucks improved to 9-5 and five and are holding down one of the wild card playoff spots in the NFC. That we're gonna, today, we're going to um, wrap up that game, look at the running game, the game notes, uh, go to some audio from Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett, discuss whether defense wore down, and then the draft order. The Falcons uh, got that part of it right. They moved up to 5. Uh, we'll look at some of the options there at five, then go to some audio from Calvin Ridley, and then a quick peek ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, who are up next for the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, 31-17, to the Falcons jumped out to a 17-0 lead. Brady and the Bucks answered at the beginning of the third quarter. The Falcons fought back. They answered. Got a 24-7 lead midway through the third. And uh, from there, everything went bad. Brady storm back. Falcons couldn't uh, have back-to-back three and outs. They got it up to 21-24. Uh, then they tied it. Then the Falcons fought back again. They didn't go, you know, quietly into the night. They, uh, they got a field goal, made it 27-24. Then the defense needed a stop. Um... They were already without Darquez Denard. Uh, he was he was out, and um, you know during the game, Isaiah Oliver got hurt too. And uh, uh, but for some reason, Tyler Hall was in there, and uh, there was a mix-up with Kendall Sheffield. I mean, they got into a stack, and one guy went with the wrong guy. Sheffield's supposed to be on the speed guy. There's Tyler Hall's now. He's an undrafted rookie. Uh, practice squad guy, and, you know, Brady f- found that mismatch right away. Antonio Brown pulled away from him and, uh, you know, uh, scored on a 46-yard touchdown. The Falcons couldn't answer. Uh, there was some dispute on the uh, a spot on fourth down late in the game. The Falcons would have had 20 seconds left or so, you know, so, yeah, the miracle play could have happened. But, um, you know, the defense didn't stop them. They wore down. There might be an issue here, and um, you know that I, I'm not. Uh, I wanted to know why was Tyler Hall on Antonio Brown. And after the game, we found out why, because um, Kendall Sheffield uh, read the defense wrong and jumped the inside guy when he needed to be on the outside guy. Uh, they came back in motion, ended up in the stack, and they went with the wrong guys. Mistakes you can't be making 14 games into the season. By the way. So let's um, 
move on to the running game. The Falcons, oh, man, that was, uh, uh, you know, 37 yards. Uh, Gurley's, you know, um, you know, I don't want to end, you know, uh, he's not healthy. They played him for one play and took him out. Uh, they tried to run Ido and Brian Smith. Uh, that that didn't work. Uh, Quadri Allison's inactive still, so I don't know what the deal is there. But uh, the Falcons don't have a running game, and that makes it pretty hard to win without a running game. And, uh, uh, you know, Matt Ryan threw for 356 yards in the game, so that was a, a good showing by him. But I got a note from longtime uh, former player, former executive, uh, was watching the game, and uh, I've been watching number 73. Uh, he's been playing pretty good. I texted back, Matt Gano. Yes, the guy from a small school. He could be better than the regular starting right tackle. Now, that's uh, a long-time NFL exec uh, checking in for me on uh, Matt Gano. The um, you know regular starting tackles, Caleb McGarry, came back and played. He'd been away for uh, personal uh, reasons and so forth. So, you know, if the new regime thinks Gano can play and... Um, McGarry can play. Then you got a lineman moving forward. That's what I read there. I don't really think you got to throw McGarry out, but they have developed Matt Gano into a good lineman here. So we're going to go to some audio after the game yesterday. We want to hear from Matt Ryan first, threw for 356 yards. And, and let me just say this. I'm not in the uh, cut or trade. Matt Ryan Camp, I want to keep him around. Uh, I wanted to draft the uh, maybe heir apparent later, uh, a couple years from now. But when you're in the top of the draft at number five, which is where they are right now, maybe you get your guy now, uh, do a transition thing with, with like uh, Kansas City did with Mahomes. You know, he didn't play right away. Now he's the best player in the league. Then uh, you look at Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and do that. You know, but if you're just getting people to sell tickets, that's a formula for disaster. Build a football team the right way. Develop the players the right way. Um, and, you know, you, you keep Matt because he, um, he can win in this league if protected. And he can teach the young guy how to read defenses and uh, be successful. And you've paid for that uh, intellectual property that he uh, has. Uh, you developed him over 13 years and might as well keep him for two more. And maybe, you know, uh, send him to another team like Brady went. And, and a lot of old players uh, finish their careers elsewhere. You know, we saw Brett Favre hop around a little bit at the end, too. Uh, saw Joe Namath uh, in the in L.A. with the Rams for the old school folks. So, But, hey, let's go to Matt Ryan here. Um, whoa, that page request didn't exist. I'm going to try it. I got him on my phone if that's going to act up here. Yeah, that ain't uh, having a little issue there with that. But I got everybody here. I was trying to make sure I had better audio for you guys. Um, Sometimes the website audio is a little bit better. But we're going to go uh, to the recording uh, after the game with Matt Ryan. I believe it's Zach Klein doing the interviewing. A change is momentum. We had two three outs in the third quarter, which is tough. And, uh, you know, that kind of, that momentum built. Yeah, Devin White had a big second half. Um, what did you see from him? Obviously, he was getting a little too close to that you prefer, right? He was giving me 
player. There's there's no question about it. Uh, certainly coming into his own as a, as a young player. He's athletic, he's fast, he's strong, does a nice job uh, in their package, and I thought he played well for them today. You guys are always trying to adjust on the fly, make adjustments as they counter kind of a chess match. Anything you thought you could have done differently or tried to adjust, they just couldn't execute as an offense in general in the second half? I thought we had some good chances, uh, you know, just missed on a couple. Uh, needed to make a couple more plays, you know, as, as a group. And, uh, but I thought, you know, I thought the plan was good. I thought the adjustments were good. I just didn't think, you know, we executed as players well. Do you look at that fourth down spot and end of the game? And from, at least from our vantage point, I'm sure you saw on the halo board, it didn't look like it was close to a fourth down, or a conversion rather, a hot fourth down for the first down. Yeah, I mean, I saw it. It's, it's, I mean, it's tough to tell, I guess, sometimes from, from different angles, but and that's, I don't know what else to say about it. Did you want to the spot? I'm not going to comment on that. Um, did uh, Jake Graham forget to get to an early Christmas gift? He was the only one of the eligible receivers you did not find today. 11 guys you connected with. Uh, sorry, Jaden. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he... I think he was in a couple of our progressions too. It just didn't find him today for whatever reason. Uh, but you know, I do think it's it's a testament to the number of guys stepping up with people injured and, and different guys in there to have 11 guys you know, touch the ball today. Uh, you know, credit to, to young guys, new guys, different guys stepping up and making plays. Is that the key with Julio out? Everybody's obviously going to focus on him, but guys, you got to share the wealth a little bit. Everybody except for one guy involved. Yeah, I think. You know, it's, it's anytime who's out, you're not going to replace his production with one person. You know, it's, it's just there's, there's only one Julio. So, uh, you know, by committee, guys have to step up and, and make plays. And, you know, for the most part, throughout the day, I think guys did a pretty good job. Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. He, uh, he, Matt Ryan, he wasn't touching the, uh, the, uh, spot thing. He didn't want to comment on that. Uh, he thought they had some opportunities. Uh, you know, Matt was on target. He, he did his thing. I don't know what people complain about Matt for when you can't run the ball for, uh, one yard, a, a carry. Uh, that makes it pretty hard. So he had a bounce back game as far as I'm concerned. No problems with him. Uh, and I already uh, discussed the transition plan, the potential transition plan uh, that the new general manager and uh, the new coach will have to be faced with. We're going to go to Grady Jarrett next. But breaking news this morning, uh, good friend Marty Herney up in Carolina got dumped by the um, owner, the analytics guy. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, analytic. I don't think an analytics-driven football operation is going very far. But I mean, hey, he's a billionaire, and uh, he believes that can happen. So, uh, good luck to him and his analytics approach. And uh, you know, they they are in the GM market for their analytics guy. So maybe they'll be going for it on fourth and four all the time because the numbers say so. But uh, I don't want to make light of it. I just I'm not a bit. I'm a I don't know. It's not proven, so I don't trust the whole analytics over-the-top approach. It has a place, uh, but not um, to be driven, not to be driving or, you know, the whole cart there. Let's hear from Grady Jarrett. 60 yards of the first half. What happened in the second half that led to the scoring 31 points? Uh, just giving up the biggest explosive man and uh, just... That was the biggest thing in us. But, but fans have them, man. They like to live off the big plays. And we, we limited it in the first half. And 
thing I like is the second one. We just couldn't get off the field and, you know, first times and, uh, you know, play where I ball out, you know, the knee was down. Just, just, just some, just some. tip of the hat I want to examine this um defense war down thing which um you know would make sense but um you know the um the 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 other thing with the cornerback why Tyler Hall was out there Bleedy Ray Wilson was hurt he went in with an illness then Isaiah Oliver was hurt uh Deldrick Abrams was brought up so you know uh AJ Terrell pointed out hey we had some subs in there and you know stuff happened so I mean they needed a stop and uh, uh you know it wasn't on the kid right there I think it's more on Kendall Sheffield there but uh yeah so so yeah you you wore down um you're on the field a three and outs hurt when you keep collapsing in the fourth quarter, this is the fourth one this year. I don't think it's their war down. I think they, you know, they come out, they play hard, and then they, um, at some point over the course of the game, the talent prevails. So I think we, um, I retweeted this. So I don't think they wore down. I think, you know, sometimes the other team's better than you. And over the course of the game, it shows you know, you can come out like that boxer and throw the haymakers and score points early, but, you know, if you're not still fighting in the late rounds, you know, you're going to lose that fight. And so they're losing a lot of fights because they can't go the distance. So to me, um, 
I retweeted out my Cover 9 blog from October the 14th, 2020, which says, hey, the Falcons may have overrated their talent. And uh, Mark Bradley alluded to that in his column last week, that uh, uh, we, the media, may have overrated the talent. So we may have overrated it, the team may have overrated it, and uh, they got to do a better job of getting better talent here in Atlanta. So with that, that's my theory is that the talent's overrated, not that the defense wore down. They were out there playing their little hearts out. Uh, you know, Fowler, um, you know, he's hurt. I don't know what the problem is there. Steven Means is flashing in the backfield. You might want to get him back. Grady uh, did his thing. Of course, Dion. Uh, you know, flying around. I like Keanu. I don't know how that you know you could be comfortable with letting him go. Uh, you know, you got a future corner to build with, and um, you know, in the draft here, we're gonna see something that you know may make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people. But so let's go draft for the Falcons. Move up to five with that pick, and uh, let me flip over to where we got. Uh, Jacksonville flop with the Jets, so they're going Trevor Lawrence. It's according to my tankathon.com. Uh, they do a good job, and so I'm just reading their stuff here on the draft. Uh, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, which is a great opportunity for somebody. They got 10 draft picks. They got $70, $70 million in salary cap space. Jacksonville could be in the hunt real quick. Uh, with the right combination. I mean, they could maybe even keep Marone, but I, I don't think so after, you know, 1-13. Uh, Justin Fields, Ohio State going to the Jets. Harrison High University started at Georgia. They have him going to the Jets at 2. Then Panay Sewell, O-Taco, 6'6", 325, Oregon, going to the Bengals. Yeah, they got to protect uh, Joe Burrow at this point, you know. Um, then Carolina with the fourth pick, they're going Micah Parsons, 6'3", 244. Now, they, um, yeah, they got needs, and they, like I said, they fired Marty Herney today, uh, former, uh, you know, PR guy and, uh, journalist there, so we, uh, but, um, you know, the man, the owner wants to go, uh, analytic style. And so, with the fifth pick in the draft, got the drum roll going. Alabama cornerback Patrick Sertan, too. And uh, his dad was an um, old cornerback with the Dolphins, I believe. I look up his, I think he started in the Canadian Football League. Uh, 6'2, 203 pounds. So, boom. All right, you got the lock game pass. You got the pass game lockdown now. You got Patrick Sertan on one side, AJ Terrell on the other. Maybe Oliver's a nickel. Maybe Sheffield's a nickel. Uh, Bleedy Ray, somebody's a nickel. Okay, now we don't have two receivers running down the field wide open, uh, you know, uh, which we've seen a lot of in the last couple years. So uh, you tighten that up, and you're going to move on to the other things. You know, you got other stuff to do. Uh, finding the lockdown corner must have been hard, uh, but that's where we're going here with the Tankathon day after during the 4 and 10 draft. So let's go back. We got some more uh, audio. We're going to hear from Ridley. Then uh, we're going to go ahead and look to the Chiefs. I mean, Ridley had a game 10 for 163. Um, and, uh, 
you know, we got sad really after the game. Before we get off that game, just, you know, big ups to my little cousin, Jeremiah Letbetter. He uh, played. I didn't get the snaps yet, but he was in there in the backfield on Matt Ryan's case after uh, Devin uh, White sacked, you know, right when uh, they hit him together. He looked like he had a half a sack for a moment there, but uh, they gave it all to White. But uh, Curtis uh, Compton got a great picture of them celebrating after the play. Uh, Matt Ryan on the ground on his knees. But, um, yeah, that's my my first cousin, Weldon Letbetter's son. Weldon played at Oklahoma and uh, was Herschel Walker's uh, fullback in the uh, USFL. He also played with Houston Oilers and uh, Tampa Bay. But that's his son. And he had a good game. But let's go to... Um, it's kind of sad, Calvin, but we, let's go to Calvin Ridley. Had a big game. He doesn't like the fact that he's doing these game, big games while they're losing. But the Falcons are pretty clearly an incomplete team. Um, pass defense has been a problem all year. Run game, those are two areas you got to uh, have at the, the uh, top of the board. You know, you can't find the pass rusher. Then you better find the coverage people. Here's Calvin Ridley. two games left but I mean really um on the defensive side of the ball uh they can't couldn't cover this year couldn't rush the passer they did stop the run at a decent rate that's gonna get tested against Kansas City uh on the offensive side of the ball they couldn't run the ball and at times couldn't protect the quarterback the protection was good for three quarters against Tampa Bay then uh Devin and the guys got loose for three tackles and uh three quarterback hits in the fourth quarter so uh you know, they had only one uh, quarterback hit through three quarters. So they did a good job through three quarters. But the talent prevailed in the end. 
They got to him when they needed to at the end, and that's been the theme of this story, is that this uh, team is not as good as we thought they were, talent-wise. So, that's why you got a new GM coming in. They're going to have to get some better players. They're going to have to flip it over a couple years. You can't do it all in one time. Uh, so, the guys that can play, keep them. Guys that can't play, get rid of them. It's real simple. And uh, before we go on to the Chiefs, we did have some GM news this week. Uh, Rick Smith has interviewed uh, former Texans. I knew him from uh, his days in Denver. Uh, he was on the Super Bowl teams, uh, you know, that beat the Packers that I, you know, I was covering the Packers in, and then, of course, beat the Falcons in that Super Bowl. Uh, so he was first on my radar screen back in the 90s. He went to Houston and helped build that program up as they uh, took over after Dom Capers, I believe is correct, and, uh, uh, you know, helped to uh, – well, Dom was a coach, but the, um, the GM is uh, escaping me, but he's on TV now. Charlie Castle, Charlie Castle. So he's in that line, uh, played at Purdue. I think he would have been at Purdue when I was covering Ohio State. But, uh, yeah, Rick Smith is interviewed, and so has Anthony Robinson. Started his career at uh, Morgan State, went to Florida. Um, uh, he's from Tallahassee, went back and uh, started at uh, Florida State. And uh, has been uh, one of the Falcons' top scouts here, moving up the ranks. And he has interviewed also. Uh, you know, we'll hear about the other guys after the season when the contracts are up. That's Brad Holmes that we know about. And um, and Terry Fontenot. We got to talk to uh, his college football coach, Chris Selfo. It was a Sunday story on uh, uh, the GM search, and Chris Selfo gave us some great background on Mr. Fontenot, who's with the Saints. So those are the known interviews. Uh, you know, Reggie McKenzie's been reported by ESPN. Uh, that website uh, said Lewis Reddick is a candidate. Uh, we haven't been able to confirm anybody to say that he's a candidate here in Atlanta, but um, and that's uh, you know and you know that's fine. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov is uh, a leading candidate in Detroit. We're hearing uh, from one of our agent sources. Uh, and then Scott Pioli is also interviewing in Detroit. But this is all before Carolina came open today. But let's move to the Chiefs here, 32-29 over the Saints to go to 13-1. and Pat Mahomes is doing his thing there, throwing it all over the place. Um, the uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a leg injury, and uh, uh, the Chiefs rushed for 179 yards, their second highest of the, the, the season, of the year. So, you know, they'll come, and uh, Mahomes threw 254 yards and three touchdowns. So um, that's the next challenge for the Falcons. Go out and play 13-1 Chiefs and then wrap up the season down in Tampa Bay with the Bucks. So but here's uh, something I found interesting. Um, you know, it looked like I skipped over the game notes, but we ran a little long. Wasn't nothing really big there other than uh, I'll get Young Way Cool in. Um, but Pat, well, let me get Cool in and then we'll go. To, to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Ryan's got some more records for 1,000 yards or, you know, losing and, you know, these passenger records. I don't really, you know, they have a place somewhere. I don't know where it is. Young Way Koo connected on both field goals, 32 for 59 and all extra points. Sunday, he has made all 27 field goal attempts since week four. 
whose 27 consecutive field goals are the most consecutive field goals made in Falcons history, surpassing Norm Johnson with 26 from 1992 to 1993. His 35 field goals this year are the most made field goals in a single season in franchise history, surpassing Matt Bryant's 34. In 2016-2017, both playoff teams won a Super Bowl team. Uh, Kuz's 52-yard field goal marked his 8th 50th-yard field goal of the season, the most in franchise history. And then also, fullback Keith Smith had career highs with three interceptions for 32 yards. So there you have it. Um, those are, you know, well, I'll just read Matt's too just because uh, – you know, he was 34-49 for 356, three touchdowns, and a 110.6 passer rating. Surpassed 4,000 yards in today's game, uh, yesterday's game, marking a 10th straight season, 10th straight season of 4,000 yards. He and only Drew Brees have accomplished that feat in NFL history. 4,000 yards to 4 and 10. It ain't his fault. Not having a running game. Not being able to protect them at times is more of the problem. On his third touchdown pass of the day, Ryan surpassed Pro Football Hall of Famer Fran Tarkington from George Bulldog. 352, or excuse me, 342. He had 342 for the 10th most passing touchdowns in NFL history. Um, back when they ran the ball and they didn't throw it 40 times a game, I might add. Uh, Matt and uh, we've got. 343 now for Matt Ryan. Ryan posted a career high of passing the ball to 11 different receivers. So they diversified the attack. They did what they had to do because they can't run the ball. And really had the 10 for 163 and the 12-yard touchdown. So, Okay, back to the Chiefs wrapping up here. 13-1 and one, uh, doing their thing. But I, um, this was a lead to the uh, AP story on the game. So this is kind of what um, the Falcons will be facing. I don't think the Chiefs are going to throttle down, um, you know, with two games left. They're going to want to, you know, they're going to get the bye. They're trying to earn the bye, so they want to play it out. I mean, they lost Claudette with Hilaire, so they might play more subs, but, you know, you're going to get the full thing from Andy Reid uh, for as long as he needs to keep him in there. It's from the AP story, Patrick Mahomes' repertoire of sardine throws, basketball-style push passes, underhand flips, and renowned improvisation. Humble yet another highly regarded defense. Mahomes passed for 254 yards and three touchdowns, and the Kansas City Chiefs extended their winning streak to nine games with a 32-29 victory over the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Now, here's why I wanted to read that because of this quote, and you was We'll talk. It's coming from Le'Veon Bell, who's been around the block and been humbled uh, during his stay in Pittsburgh in the New York Jets, and now he's with the Chiefs. He caught a uh, scored a touchdown on the option play in this game. But here's what he had to say about the quarterback: Patrick is more impressive than I could imagine," said running back Le'Veon Bell, who joined the Chiefs in mid October. And scored on a 12-yard touchdown on an option pitch from Mahomes. I love to see the whole option. He's even more impressive in person. I'm fortunate to be his teammate. 
So that's what we're uh, Falcons are up against. The best quarterback in the game right now. So with that, we're going to get out of here. You all take care. Have a Merry Christmas from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with a full detailed report on the Kansas City Chiefs. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, is going to be one of the top head coaching candidates in the league. The Falcons have got to try to land him, but if they don't, he'll get a job somewhere, I do believe, this time around. I know that Jacksonville opportunity looks good, too. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.